This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 274. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. You can find all those social media accounts at my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. Just go there, click on those social media buttons, take you right into those accounts. While you're there, give me an email address and I will give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support The Brian McClanahan Show by going to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can also get your Brian McClanahan book plates there if you want my autograph on any one of my books. It's a great way to do it. You can also go to mcclanahanacademy.com. That's mcclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you enroll. And I have eight courses available for purchase. So it's a great way to support the program and get something for it. So McClanahanAcademy.com is the best way. You can also go to Learn True History. That's Learn True, T R U E, LearnTrueHistory.com. That's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. Click on that, take you out to Liberty Classroom. Great website, over 20 classes where I teach along with Tom Woods, Kevin Goodsman, Brad Berzer, Jason Jewell, Bob Murphy, a lot of great academics, and you get a lot of good stuff economics, philosophy, history. So it's also a great way to support the show and get something out of it as well. Also, go to brianmcclanahan.com. Click on that shop tab at the top of the page. You can go out and get all your Brian McClanahan Show gear, shirts, stickers, skins for your electronic devices, all kinds of cool stuff. So it's a great way to advertise the show and support the show. And always please remember to leave a review, whether it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Go to anchor.fm, anchor.fm. That is the new host for the Brian McClanahan Show. You can leave a review there. You can also leave a voicemail if you want to get on the show with a question. Maybe you can do it that way. You can also support the show through Anchor.fm. So Anchor.fm is the new host for the show. All right, let's talk about the topic of the day, and that is impeachment. So today I'm recording this on the day that we're going to see, again, hearings for the impeachment process. We're now heading to a different phase Schiff has released his um, account of why they're going through the impeachment process. Uh, Jonathan Turley has will testify today. It's it's uh, in, in in front of a committee, and he has released his statements. Um, so this is a big day, and it's a big day because of the material that's now being released, and you have. Both Schiff, and I, and I want to compare and contrast, both Schiff and Turley laying out their case for one, why the president should be impeached, and one, why the president shouldn't be impeached. Uh, the, the Schiff case is simply laughable. And, and I say that, 
as someone like Turley, and I think, and I agree with Turley, look, Turley is, um, he's not a conservative. Turley is not a libertarian. He calls himself a Madisonian. He voted for Obama and Clinton in the last two election cycles. Um, he is not someone who is uh, in in favor of necessarily limited government. He does believe in limited executive power, which makes him an interesting character. And so that's why I tend to agree with him when it comes to executive power. And he lays out a very interesting historical case against impeachment, against Trump's impeachment in this particular case. Um, and uh, I think that that's a valuable addition to the discourse that we're having on this impeachment process. Uh, I've already talked about Judge Napolitano and how he thinks the president should be impeached. In his mind, there's enough evidence there to do it. Turley's saying, no, uh, you're, you're looking at this too broadly. Now, that's an interesting argument to have. Is Turley correct in a very narrow definition of impeachment? Or is Napolitano correct in a much more broad definition of impeachment and, and the powers of impeachment and what a president can and cannot be impeached for. Uh, but more than anything else, I think the Schiff case is so flimsy and so hypocritical, this should be laughed out of the Congress. And not just that, the public should completely reject everything the Schiff and report and the Democrats are doing in this particular case, and see it as a naked partisan political power grab, which is what it is. And I think Schiff actually says that, which is the funniest part of it all. Now, I'm going to read some of the Schiff report, and then I'm going to go back to Turley's statements and what he's going to say before the Congress, um, and a couple of things that I think are going to be important about this um, when he gets into his positions on impeachment. Uh, but more or less, and as I've, I've already talked about impeachment, and I, and I made the case that the president should not be impeached for what he's being impeached for now. You can make a case if you want to have a very broad definition of impeachment. And I have said that if we want to follow the founding generation, and we want, and this is where Turley and I disagree, if we wanted to follow them uh, to the letter and say we're going to follow an original interpretation of the Constitution as it was argued and then ratified, then... Trump has committed impeachable offenses, but not in what he's doing now, because the very definition of what he was doing at the time was completely within the realm of diplomacy. Diplomacy, as I've mentioned before on social media, diplomacy is quid pro quo. There is no other definition for it. I'm going to give you something, and you're going to give me something in return. Uh, the Marshall Plan was quid pro quo. I mean, you're, I'm going to give you all this cash after World War II, and you're going to be our ally, and you're going to do our bidding. You're going to do what we want if I give you this cash. Now, of course, I'm going to get into the Schiff report and what he's saying, why this is incorrect, why Trump can't do this. But the mere fact that we're giving all this money to, to Ukraine, to the Ukrainian government, is unconstitutional to begin with. So if that, I mean, if you want to say, look, Trump should have never signed this bill, which allowed for these millions of dollars, which we don't have, by the way. The United States doesn't have any of this money. It's all funny money. It's all being printed. It's all being acquired through debt. And our debt bubble is going to explode. It's going to be a disaster. So we don't have the money to give the Ukraine anyways. We shouldn't be handing out, shouldn't be doling out cash to foreign powers when we don't have it ourselves. I mean, that's a whole other issue in and of itself. But the fact is, the whole process by which diplomacy takes place is quid pro quo. 
Now, of course, the caveat for the Schiff committee and the Democrats, of course, is that Trump is committing an impeachable offense because this was targeted at a political opponent. Now, let me get into the Schiff report because um, I think it's interesting in what they're saying. First of all, he lies through this thing as well. Um, so he begins the report in the preface, which is what I'm going to read. I'm not going to get into all the, all the charges. It would take too much time. He begins with a, with a discussion of George Washington's farewell address. So let me talk about how hypocritical that is, but I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. Let me, let me read what he says. He says, quote, In his farewell address, President George Washington warned of a moment when, quote, cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. End quote. Well, this is true. Washington did say that. Actually, Alexander Hamilton said that, and Madison had hand in this at one point. But the fact is, they're skipping the part in the farewell address where Washington said that we need to avoid political parties and massive partisanship because this will destroy the United States. What we are seeing is massive partisanship on the behalf of the Democrats to try to take down the president for purely political reasons. Washington would have been against this type of partisanship. In fact, what you can say about Washington is he was the glue that held both factions together. Once he was gone, the factions clearly deviated from each other, and you started having much more partisan government once Washington was out of power. That's the eight-year period that you can see in American history where factions were pretty much set aside. The other time, I, th I think you could say this, was during World War II. Uh, and these are, I mean, World War II, this is why I had a whole podcast episode on how World War II screwed up America, because that is the exception rather than the rule. I mean, Washington is the exception rather than the rule. And so if we want to say, well, we should be like Washington or Roosevelt, um, and we should have government like that, I don't want to have government like Roosevelt. I mean, that's, that's tyranny. It's despotism. Washington was not that. Roosevelt was. So it's just hypocritical to even bring this up. If you're not going to follow what Washington also warned against, which is partisan government, then why even bring up Washington to begin with? He then continues, the framers of the Constitution well understood that an individual could one day occupy the office of the president who would place his personal or political interests above those of the nation. Well, they didn't use the term nation because we don't have a national government. But, I mean, here we go again. This is all historical revisionism. Having just won hard-fought independence from a king with unbridled authority, they were attuned to the dangers of an executive who lacked fealty to the law and the Constitution. Well, this is true. I mean, look, uh, when it was proposed to have a singular executive, the Philadelphia Convention sat in stunned silence. They were concerned about what that would do to Republican government. And the battle over executive powers is one of the most vicious in the Philadelphia Convention. And when you go to the state ratifying conventions, this is brought up over and over again. Why do we have this president with this much power? In response, the framers adopted a tool used by the British Parliament for several hundred years to constrain the crown, the power of impeachment. Unlike in Britain, where impeachment was typically reserved for inferior officers, but not the king himself. Impeachment is in our untested democracy, which, of course, is not a democracy. It's a republic, a federal republic at that. 
was specifically intended to serve as the ultimate form of accountability for a duly elected president. It's the first time the Democrats have ever called Trump duly elected. And it's amazing how they go from illegitimate to now he's duly elected. Well, that's not what the Democrats have been saying for nearly three years. He's not duly elected. Nearly four years, in fact. He's not duly elected. He's illegitimate. This is what they've said. But now he's duly elected. Rather than a mechanism to overturn an election, which is, of course, what the Democrats are trying to do, impeachment was explicitly contemplated as a remedy of last resort for a president who fails to faithfully execute his oath of office to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. I mean, this I agree with. But here is the hypocrisy of the Democrats. Where did this come up with Obama? And one of the times somebody responded when I when I defended Judge Napolitano and his critique of uh, Trump that he never brought up impeachment with the Democrats just because Republicans are too spineless to even bring this up. As I was driving home yesterday, I caught like the last I don't know few minutes of uh, the Limbaugh show. Maybe it was the other day. I don't know. But anyways. Somebody had said, well, will the Republicans go back to being spineless once Trump is out of office? And of course they will. And he, he was right. Limbaugh was correct. He said the Republicans would never do anything like this. They wouldn't. So Napolitano can't be criticized for not saying Obama should have been impeached because the Republicans never brought it up, though they should have, because Obama continually violated his oath of office to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. This is the problem with it all. We have presidents who have continually abused power and we're now at a point because of the Democrats' desire to overturn the election and because they believe Trump is illegitimate that they're going forward with the most flimsy impeachment case in the history of American impeachments. I mean, this is, this is what's happening here. And this is dangerous because if we're going to impeach Trump, you can't retroactively impeach other presidents. I mean, look, I could say, fine, impeach Trump, but you better follow the same procedures for every single president from here on out. Every The next president, whoever that is, should be impeached almost immediately once they take office because they are going to abuse power as soon as they assume office. As soon as they engage in diplomacy, according to the Democrats, they're going to abuse power. As soon as they do anything, they're going to abuse power. I mean, I can make a case that as soon as the president signs an unconstitutional bill, he's abused his power. He's not defending the Constitution. He's not protecting and preserving the Constitution. In fact, he's voiding it. He's violating it by signing unconstitutional legislation. And I've made this case very clear. I've made my position on this very clear. So I'm fine with that. If we want to go forward with this and say, all right, the president should be impeached, then every president from here on out should be impeached. And this is what Jonathan Turley is essentially saying. If we do this now, then what's going to happen in the future is we should impeach every president. That's not going to happen. If the Republicans are in power, no president's ever going to be impeached because they love executive power too much. They have this, this uh, religious reverence for American government in a way the Democrats have, but they're willing to put aside to kneecap people. This is where the Democrats are much more uh, impressive in their political power in, in the way that they use power. The Democrats say what they're going to do, and they do it. The Republicans say something, and they don't do it. This is why the Republicans are the stupid party, and why the Republicans are the greatest disaster in American political history, at least the modern Republicans. I mean, you can go back to the Republicans in the 1860s. When they said they were going to do something, they did it. The modern Republicans are too worried about their own shadow. 
oh, if I say this, somebody's going to call me a name. And, and I can't have someone call me a name. This is why people voted for Trump to begin with, because he wasn't afraid of being called names. And he stands his ground. They call him a name. He says, you're fake news. You're stupid. Shut up. And, and the left doesn't know how to react to that. Uh, uh, wait, what? You, you didn't back down? You called me a name back? <gasps> I don't. Well, you're mean. You should be impeached for that. This is essentially what it comes down to. They don't like Trump, and they want him gone. And they want him gone because they think he's mean, and he doesn't do uh, what they think a president should do. He doesn't bend the progressives. Okay, That's the issue. George W. Bush bent the progressives. George H.W. Bush bent to the progressives. They tried to get rid of Reagan. I mean, because they didn't think Reagan bent enough to the progressives. Um, I think you can make a case that Reagan certainly was doing impeachable things. But uh, that didn't work out at the time. Reagan had too much political clout. This is where the Democrats are vicious in what they want. They will go after a president they don't agree with. Bush, Bush was vanilla. I mean... Uh, for them, because of all of his domestic agenda. Now, foreign policy, they were, well, Bush is violating our, uh, well, this is foreign policy, this is bad. Of course, when uh, Clinton did the same thing and Obama did the same thing. I mean, there's there's no difference. See, this is where they're, they're all hypocritical again at the end of the day. So Schiff continues, according to the Constitution, confers the power to impeach the president on Congress, stating that the president shall be removed from office upon conviction for treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. While the Constitution standard for removal from office is justly a high one, it is nonetheless an essential check and balance on the authority of the occupant of the office of the president, particularly when the occupant represents a continuing threat to our fundamental democratic norms, values, and laws. Here is the, cat, here is the key to the entire process. He's a fundamental threat to progressive norms and values, not laws. Not laws. They don't care about this. The law doesn't matter to them. In fact, I mean, we know Biden was engaging in quid pro quo with Ukraine. We know Obama's on tape saying, hey, look, after I get elected, we can really work together here. Essentially, uh, you, you can help me out in my election by not saying something. I mean, this is quid pro quo. This is what's happening. We know it happens all the time. This is where it's not necessarily the laws, but it's progressive norms and values that Trump is going. He is not one of them. And so they want to get rid of him. That's what it all comes down to. Anyone with half a brain can see this. Trump derangement syndrome is real, and all of these Democrats in Congress have it to a point that is dangerous. Before I get into that, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side. We'll continue with this discussion of the Schiff report. Let me talk to you for a minute about McClanahan Academy. I know at the beginning of this particular podcast or this video I talked about McClanahan Academy. But let me go into a little more detail about why I think you should sign up for it and why and why I created it. First, a little bit about me. I have a PhD in American history from the University of South Carolina, and I've taught in the college environment for 20 years. And I've seen college students get worse over time, the curriculum get worse, and students are being indoctrinated more than educated now in our higher education system, whether it's high school or college. So I wanted a counterweight to that. And this is why I created the McClanahan Academy. Now, first, it's always free to enroll at McClanahan Academy. You sign up. It's free. And I give you a free course, 10 Myths of American History, when you do sign up. 
So it's a great way to get an introduction to what I do, but I've got eight courses for sale there and more forthcoming. All of these courses are designed to give you the non-PC version of American history, to take the red pill, so to speak. And I've got two courses in particular, my U.S. History Survey courses, which are designed for homeschoolers. So if you're a homeschooler and you want a good curriculum, and uh, my family has homeschooled all of our children from the beginning, and you want a solid history curriculum, that's why I designed the United States History 18, to 1865 and 1865 the present. You've got enough material, you've got lesson plans, you've got uh, tests, you've got reading material, you've got reading seminars, you've got 36 weeks, if you take them, buy them both, you've got 36 weeks of material, and it can be used as a high school history curriculum, or if you're just a lifelong learner, you can use it otherwise. But it's a great way to get a real history education devoid of Marxism and progressivism and political correctness. So sign up at mclanahanacademy.com. That's mclanahanacademy.com. Again, always free to enroll, and I'll see you there. All right, we're back talking about Schiff and the impeachment report that he released, which makes a case for President Trump's impeachment. We've discussed Jonathan Turley a little bit. I want to bring in a quote from that uh, in this discussion. and uh, talk about where the impeachment is completely flimsy and ridiculous. Um, I've already done substantial parts of this, but um, in another podcast. So I'm, I'm just looking at the report here and what Schiff is saying, and then, of course, what Jonathan Turley, I think, correctly argues this is a flimsy case, shouldn't be followed through. Um, now, Schiff continues, Alexander Hamilton explained that impeachment was not designed to cover only criminal violations, but also crimes against the American people. Quote, the subjects of its jurisdiction, Hamilton wrote, are those offenses which proceed from the misconduct of public men, or in other words, from the abuse of violation of some public trust. They are of a nature which may, with peculiar propriety, be denominated political, as they ch relate chiefly to the injuries done immediately to the society itself. So he's, they're admitting, and then, and then he, he continues, similarly, a future associate justice of the United States Supreme Court, James Wilson, a delegate from Pennsylvania to the Constitutional Convention, distinguish impeachable offenses from those that reside, quote, within the sphere of ordinary jurisprudence. As he noted, quote, impeachments are confined to political characters, to political crimes and misdemeanors, and to political punishments. This is the key to the Democrats. Their case is extremely flimsy, and this is what Napolitano says. It's all political. I mean, they're, they're admitting here in this particular two paragraphs that what this is is a political witch hunt. They are doing this for political reasons. They want to get rid of the president because they disagree with him politically. He is not one of them. He's not a progressive in their eyes. Of course, I can make a case that Trump is. He is not their kind of progressive. He continually blocks things they want to do. He says things that they don't like. He makes fun of them in the media. And they want him gone. This is a political witch hunt. A political... It's just the same thing with Andrew Johnson. Look, the attack on Andrew Johnson was purely political, but at least it had more substance in that clearly Johnson violated a law that had been passed essentially to trap him and was later declared unconstitutional. But they could point to the law and say, you broke this law. You have to be removed from office now. Trump, 
I, I know I know Judge Knapp has made a case he's violated a couple of statutes, but really he's violated nothing. There's no law that he's violated. Nothing. Except the law of the progressives, which is you have to genuflect to us and you have to bend to what we want. So, as, the, as this report details, the impeachment inquiry has found that President Trump, personally and acting through agents within and outside the United States government, solicited the interference of a foreign government, Ukraine, to benefit his re-election. Well, that's not been proven. I mean, this next part is interesting. In furthering, furtherance of this scheme, President Trump conditioned official acts on a public announcement by the new Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, of politically motivated investigations, including one into President Trump's domestic political opponent. Are we certain that Joe Biden's going to be his domestic political opponent? I mean, he's announced he's going to run for president, but Biden doesn't have the nomination yet. I mean, this could be anybody. We got a field of 8,000 candidates. Now, they're dropping like flies, but we had 8,000 candidates for the Democrats. I mean, look, just about every Democrat in the United States thinks they can win, run and beat Trump because they think he's beatable, which really... I think they know he's not, which is why they're doing this. Um, and, I mean, this is, this is purely, purely speculation on, on Biden being his adversary. And we know Biden's on tape doing corrupt things. Hunter Biden, this is all corruption. He's asking people to investigate corruption that involves high-ranking members of the United States or former high-ranking members of the United States government. I mean, we should be actually applauding President. Hey, look, you need to go and look at his corruption. This guy's corrupt. If this was reversed, if Obama had done this, and let's say it was Dick Cheney, let's just take it. Let's say Obama gets on a call with the Ukraine, and this is 10 years ago, Right? or we'll say eight years ago, whatever, eight years ago. And he says, look, uh, I, we, I mean, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to look into this accusation of corruption with Dick Cheney's son. The, uh, the, the press and the Democrats would have been all over this. Obama never would have been criticized for any of this. Not one thing. We know he's, I mean, look, Biden's on tape in his administration saying, hey, look, you don't get the money unless you do this. Essentially, stop looking into my son. Hey, you don't get the money. I mean, this is the height of corruption. So Trump just says, hey, look, I need you to do me a favor. Look into this. Now, Trump can withhold the money for any reason. I, well, Congress duly passed this, and it's been signed by law. And over, yes, yes, because this is going to infringe upon American uh, foreign policy, American national interests, national securities at risk. It is. I mean, this is just the most stupid case I've ever heard in my life. National security is at risk, and this is what they say. Uh, this is a violation of this is a threat to American security that Trump will withhold because because we gotta fight Russia. Since when are the Democrats really concerned about fighting Russia? Well, I mean, at this point they are because Russia represents a government that is, um, in some respects, completely opposite of what they want. Which I mean, Russia is trying to bring back orthodoxy and religion, and they're uh, they're not very progressive in some of their social policies. The Russians never really have been, to be honest. Now, if this was 
uh, Gorby and the communists, the Russia the Democrats be all over it. I mean, we got to support Russia. But now, because it's not Gorby and the communists, or take your pick of whatever communists. I mean, they're they're we we gotta we gotta we gotta go against these guys. <clears throat> Some of the other things that he says here are just funny. Ultimately, this, this sweeping effort to stonewall the House of Representatives' sole power of impeachment under the Constitution failed because witnesses courageously came forward and testified in response to lawful process. Courageously. The report that follows was only possible because of their sense of duty and devotion to their country and its Constitution. Look, some of these people were so stupid. You know... It was laughable. The The entire charade was laughable. These career bureaucrats who think that they control the government. I mean, uh, the colonel, lieutenant colonel. You call me lieutenant colonel, please. This little punk, that's all he is. I mean, he's a kid that probably would be beat every day on the playground because he's a little annoying little punk. Uh, this little guy that sits up there and... Um, Demands to be called Lieutenant Lieutenant Colonel, please. Uh, that's uh, anybody. Look, I, I mean, when you when you demand to be called your title, that shows how small of a person you really are. I mean, people have asked me, why don't you demand that people call you Doctor? Because if they don't want to call me that, they don't have to. I don't care. I mean, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I know what I have. But I don't run around saying, you, uh, uh, Mr. McClanahan. No, 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 wait, wait, stop. It's Dr. McClanahan. Oh, thank you. Uh, anybody that has any, any moxie to them would not do that. But, of course, this little lieutenant colonel did. Um, some of the other things I found, uh, you know, Adam Schiff saying were funny... The decision to move forward with an impeachment inquiry is not one that we took lightly. No, you've been working on it for three years. Right? I mean, how can I make a case from the day he took the oath of office, we got to get him? Which all the evidence is out there to show this. I mean, look, the, the entire deep state process to get rid of President Trump has been there since the very first day he took the oath of office. And before that, really. Under the best of circumstances, impeachment is a wrenching process for the nation. I resisted calls to undertake an impeachment investigation for many months on that basis. No, you didn't. You just didn't think you had enough enough stuff. But you would have done it any time. The alarming events and actions detailed in this report, however, left us with no chance but to proceed. In making the decision to move forward, we were struck. Peter struck. By the fact that the president's misconduct was not an isolated occurrence, nor was it in the product of a naive president. Instead, the efforts to involve Ukraine in our 2020 presidential election were undertaken by a president who himself was elected in 2016 with, with the benefit of an unprecedented sweeping campaign of election interference undertaken by Russia in his favor, in which the president welcomed This is, I mean, here we are, we're back to Russia again. No, there's no evidence of this. There's no evidence of this at all. In fact, We've seen that the if there was any election interference, Hillary Clinton might have benefited. We know that Clinton attempted to benefit from Russian interference, which was the phony dossier. I mean, this is so stupid. 
All this stuff is so stupid and nakedly partisan and nakedly political. To bring up George Washington in the beginning was just laughable. Okay, and all this is laughable. So I could go. I can continue on with this stupid report. Um, but the fact that Schiff has made this case is so funny. Um, and and he concludes. I mean, it, here's what he concludes with, which again is funny. Uh, he says, if there was one ill the Founding Fathers feared as much as that of an unfit president, it may have been that of excessive factionalism. Wait, wait. Although the framers viewed parties as necessary, they also endeavored to structure the new government in such a way to minimize the violence of faction. As George Washington warned in his farewell address, the common and continual mischiefs of, of the spirit of party are sufficient to make it the interest and duty of a wise people to discourage and restrain it. Well, what are you doing? I mean, you're actually saying this, and then what are you doing? Today, we may be witnessing a collision between the power of a remedy meant to curb presidential misconduct and the power of a faction determined to defend against the use of that remedy on a president of the same party. But perhaps even more corrosive to our democratic system of governance, the president and his allies are making a complete, a comprehensive attack on the very idea of fact and truth. No, no, no. They're pointing out that you're stupid. And the, the fact is that this thing, I mean, you're, you're being so hypocritical here. This is all about factionalism. The only people that support this are Democrats. This is just ridiculously stupid. How a democracy can, can survive with acceptance of a common set of experiences. Well, I mean, how can it survive with you people in power? That's what, I mean, your whole basis is getting more power. I mean, this is what you want. America remains the beacon of democracy and opportunity for freedom-loving people around the world. It does. I don't know about that. From their homes and their jail cells. <laughs> From their homes and their jail cells, which maybe might be the same thing. From their public squares and their refugee camps. From their waking hours until their last breath. Individuals fighting human rights abuses. Journalists uncovering and exposing corruption. Persecuted minorities struggling to survive and persevere. Preserve their faith, excuse me. And countless others around the globe just hoping for a better life. Look to America. What we do will determine what they see and whether America remains a nation committed to the rule of law. That is the most demagogic, fundamentally stupid paragraph in the history of stupid paragraphs. I mean, that's pure 2020 posturing, political posturing in a the campaign. Their, their base is going to eat that up. Yes, we're fighting for democracy and freedom, don't you know? That's what we are. This is what we fight for. Those people are fascists. Trump's Hitler. This is, this is exactly what that's meant to call to. It's what it is. As Benjamin Franklin departed the Constitutional Convention, he was asked, what have we got? A republic or a monarchy? He responded simply, republic if you can keep it. How about if we can get rid of you, dummy? We can keep it. But anyways, I say all that because then I want to go to Jonathan Turley and I just want to read one part of Jonathan Turley's statement. He makes a very nice case um, against impeachment. And he, he lists, I mean, the historical discussion here, it's 53 pages. There's no way we could even get into this. The historical discussion is top-notch. And I just want to point out one paragraph of this particular piece, and then we're going we're gonna to end with that. 
He says, I would like to start perhaps incongruously with a statement of three irrelevant facts. First, I'm not a supporter of President Trump. I voted against him in 2016, and I have previously voted for Presidents Clinton and Obama. Second, I have been highly critical of President Trump, his policies and his rhetoric in dozens of columns. Third, I've repeatedly criticized his raising of the investigation of the Hunter Biden matter with the Ukrainian president. These points are not meant to curry favor or approval. Rather, they are meant to drive home a simple point. One can oppose President Trump's policies or actions, but still conclude that the current legal case for impeachment is not just woefully inadequate, but in some respects dangerous as a basis for the impeachment of an American president. To put it simply, I had no brief for President Trump. My personal and political views of President Trump, however, are irrelevant to my impeachment testimony, as they should be to your impeachment vote. Today, my only concern is the integrity and coherence of the constitutional standard and process of impeachment. President Trump will not be our last president, and what we leave in the wake of this scandal will shape our democracy for generations to come. I am concerned about lowering impeachment standards to fit a paucity of evidence and an abundance of anger. If the House proceeds solely on the Ukrainian allegations, this impeachment would stand out among modern impeachments as the shortest proceeding with the thinnest evidentiary record and the narrowest grounds ever used to impeach a president. That does not bode well for future presidents who are working in a country often sharply and at times bitterly divided. So here he says, look, this is really stupid. Turley, if anyone doesn't know Jonathan Turley, this is, he says, I've spent decades writing about impeachment and presidential powers as an academic and as a legal commentator. My academic work reflects the basis of a Madisonian scholar. I tend to favor Congress and disputes with the executive branch, and I have been critical of the sweeping claims of presidential power and privileges made by modern administrations. My prior testimony mirrors my criticism of the expansion of executive powers and privileges. In truth, I have not held much fondness for any president in my lifetime. Indeed, the last president whose executive philosophy I consistently admired was James Madison. <laughs> so, and here's a guy that's saying, look, I, I, I am staunch, staunchly opposed to executive power, but this case is so flimsy, it should be thrown out immediately. Now, I can, I can disagree with Turley on some of his points, and I do, but I agree with him here. This case is so flimsy on what the Democrats are basing it on. That this thing should be thrown out immediately, and the American public, I would think, is going to have a chance to validate or invalidate the process in the 2020 election. We'll see what happens. I think that the Democrats know that the polls are moving against them, which is why they're starting to bring up things like, well, maybe we'll just censure the president. Maybe we won't go for that. I mean, they know this could be a disaster for them politically. I think they're starting to see it. And the public is saying enough. I mean, this is stupid. You're basically saying the guy should be impeached for engaging in diplomacy. And Biden was corrupt. I mean, if we should be doing anything, it should be getting corruption in and out of the American government. This is what Trump was elected to do to get rid of corruption. He brought it up. And now he's being excoriated and raked over the coals for it by the party. I mean, basically what you're saying, you can't investigate Democrats for corruption. We're, we're setting that. We're setting that. This is the progressives. You cannot go against us. This is what is happening here. This is why this is very dangerous and why President Trump should not be impeached. Not for this. Again, another podcast on impeachment. Hope you enjoyed it. I will see you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show.